welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. How many of us know that a star can be signified in so many ways? We have the stars in the sky that shine up our night. We have people we call stars who are famous, who are movie stars. And um, I'm reminded of uh, the movie in the 1970s called A Star Is Born. Who remembers that one? We're all fossils, we remember that one. A Star Is Born where we have Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson and we have a remake of that where we have Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga doing A Star Is Born. Who loved that one? My husband's favourite, absolute favourite. But with a little over a week away from Christmas, We think about the star of Bethlehem rising in the east to mark the promise of Jesus' birth. That star is our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, mighty God, the Saviour of the world. But this week, I couldn't stop thinking about the five points to the star that symbolises the birth and traits of Jesus. That's not just for this season, but for the rest of our lives comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon His shoulder, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This gives us five different attributes of Jesus. He's called Wonderful. He's called Counselor. He's called Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. See, five is widely mentioned in the Word of God. It symbolises God's kindness and His favour to humanity. On the night that Jesus was born in a stable, there were five witnesses. We had Joseph and Mary. Well, Mary needed to be there. And we had the three shepherds. We have the Pentateuch, the five first books of the Bible with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. In Ephesians, we see the fivefold ministry. I'm going somewhere this morning. We see the five ministry gifts which lead the church into into leadership and ministry and authority. We have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. All the earth was created in five days. Man was created on the sixth. If you hold up your hand, you have five fingers. In 1 Peter 5, it says that we're to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He will exalt us in due time. The Bible also talks about us about laying of our hands to people, where we release healing, where we release power and authority. There were the five wounds on the body of Jesus as He hung on that cross. See, five is the number of grace. It's not a coincidence. Grace is God's willingness to provide His power on our behalf. It's His unmerited favour. It's His kindness and His favour towards us. So that's why it's not so important on the actual date of when Jesus was born on the earth. What is important is that historically He came to earth, He was born from a virgin woman and He impacted the world so much. That's why we celebrate Christmas. The Bible covers Jesus' life from birth to 12 years. 
But then after that, he goes silent until he's 30 years old. And there was three years of ministry then. And that's how long it took him to impact the world. Because of this one reason, and uh, Pastor Chris put it so eloquently and, and perfectly, he was born to die. Not just to die, but He was buried. He rose again. He ascended and now He's seated at the right hand of the Father. In actual fact, Christ didn't start His ministry at 30 years. He started way back in the beginning of Genesis. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus was right there with Him. John 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John the Baptist was the one to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. He said, I have come that people would repent of their sins. I, I baptise with water, but there is someone who's coming greater than me, far greater than I'm not even worthy to loose his sandals. He is the one that will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That is Jesus Christ. In John 1:14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as one as the only begotten of the Father, who was full of grace and full of truth. This is what Christmas is all about, that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, that He is full of grace and that He is full of truth. Does anyone agree here this morning? That's why we must not get caught up in the festivities of Christmas, not get caught up in the marketing side of things. Let's get caught up with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Saviour of the world, Christ in the Mass. You know, my father-in-law yesterday, I... It was, I think it was Friday, Dad, I bumped into him at the shops and, you know, he walked from one end to the shop to another end looking for a Christmas cards that had a nativity picture on it. He couldn't find any. And that's why I'm declaring today that we need to get caught up with the one that's above us, with us and in us, not just get caught up in the hype of it all. See, you know, His name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. In Luke chapter 1, and I'll get you to turn to verse 28 shortly. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. He sent the angel to a virgin named Mary, which we know. And we know that she was engaged and to be married to Joseph. And Joseph was a descendant of King David. But as we pick it up in verse 28, let's read. This is the main text to what I wanna share this morning. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "'Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you.'" I wanna declare today that the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. 
He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give Him the throne of His ancestor David and He will reign over Israel forever. His Kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come up and on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. There's still hope for me. People used to say she was barren, but she, was, she has conceived a son, sorry, honey, and, and is now in the six months for the Word of God will never fail. I wanna declare today that the Word of God will never fail. The passage translation says it this way, not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. I wanna declare today that the star in you is with you, He's above you, He's all around you. Verse 38 says, Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. There's three things I wanna talk to you today that Mary discovered, three things that Mary discovered. And the first thing is she had nothing to do with God's promise. (laughs) What God conceived, no man can stop. Do I get an amen here this morning? See, the angel came to Mary and he said to her, greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And she turns her back and says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. See, you don't need potency and potential from man. His Word is your potency. His Word is your potential for life. If God says He's going to do it, Man can't stop it. As Bishop Teddy Jake says, favour ain't fair. Favour's from God. See, the Holy Spirit in you is not just to give you goosebumps. It's to birth His promise here on earth. God wants to birth fresh vision in your life this morning. He wants, you, he wants to birth something in your family. He wants to birth something in creative ideas. He wants to birth businesses in you. He wants to birth employment oper- op- operations in you. He wants to do something significant in your life. But we must not stagger at the promises of God. But Carolyn, you don't understand. I was given the short straw. I don't have the resource. I don't have the ability like you think I can get. But I wanna declare today, just like the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, the Holy Spirit will come up and on you and the most power, the most high power will overshadow you here this morning. We need the Spirit of God in our life to do what He's called us to do, amen? Because He is our wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I I sense that God is coming. He's coming back to bring back the wonder in your life this morning. Don't confer with man, confer with God because no one can curse what God has already blessed. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is doing a good work in you in Jesus Christ. 
So don't abort your baby. Don't abort your promise. If you are in a painful season, it's an indication that birthing is on its way. Birthing is getting close. When opposition comes, it's time to bear down and push. Pray until something happens. Because not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. If you need a miracle, some of you need a miracle and you needed to hear this this morning. The second thing that Mary discovered was great things are often born in faith. Great things are often born in the least likely places and circumstances and situations. In Luke chapter 2, verse 6, we read the account when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem. Mary went into labour and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough. It's nice to say manger, but the reality is it was a feeding trough since there was no availability or space in any upper room in the village. See, the first Christmas wasn't as beautiful as these ones. The time had come for Mary to give birth, but there was no room in the upper room. So she gave birth in a stable. She laid Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world, in a feeding trough. There was no midwife, there was no hot towels, there was no baby clothes, there was no wraps, there was only animals around her. But Mary knew this, Mary knew that she was pregnant with destiny. She understood that great things are often born out of rejected places, lowly places, intimidation places, forgotten places. I want to say today, if you feel like you've been forgotten, Jesus, Mary felt the same way, but she knew that she was pregnant with destiny. There is destiny on the inside of you this morning. You are destined for greatness because the God in you, with you, all around you, above you is for you. Amen. See, the enemy tries to groom your mind to think you haven't earned enough brownie points with a man upstairs. That's why you think you're in this situation. And many people have given up on their hopes and dreams because they have believed that lie. But let's not be ignorant at the enemy's devices because when you understand that great things are born in faith, the enemy has no power over you. Don't let the circumstances intimidate you. God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I know that because He uses me. He uses me, a woman that stutters, a woman that forgets the next thing she's gonna say. God uses me because when He anoints you, he, when He appoints you, He anoints you to do what He's called you to do. I'm so thankful that Jesus is in reach of all humanity, that you can find Him in a barn, you can find Him in a feeding trough and you can find Him on the mountaintop as well. And if you're struggling in the barn here this morning, God is still able to bless you. Rejection is an opportunity for something much greater. There was another Joseph in the Bible who went through the same process that he found himself in the pit then in the prison, and then he ended up in the palace. 
He ended up in the place where God had destined him to being, from being rejected to being elevated. Some of you are going to be elevated in 2020. Great things are born in faith and in the least likely places, situations or circumstances. Who agrees with me? And the last thing that Mary discovered, number three, as I take a sip, she was used as God's strategy strategy to bring Jesus into this world, the gift of eternal life to all mankind. She was used by God. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, I'll try and paraphrase as much as I can because we've heard the story many times and I've probably read it numerous times. But it's the story where that night that Jesus was born, shepherds were nearby. They were guarding their flocks of sheep. They were working. But suddenly an angel appeared to them and the night sky just shone bright. The glory of the Lord was there. And initially they were terrified. But then the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. This morning, I'm bringing you good news. Are you hearing it this morning? That this great joy will be to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem. And you will recognise Him by this sign. You will see Him snugly wrapped with some strips of cloths in a feeding trough. They went to Bethlehem and they saw Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in that trough. And in verse 17, it says, Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But this is what I want to highlight this morning. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and often pondered what they actually meant. You know, when God initially gives you a gift, it doesn't always look like a blessing because Mary knew what was to become of her baby boy because with the gifts comes responsibility. See, Mary was used as God's strategy to bring Jesus into this world. See, God's strategy to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in your world is you. You are the gift. You are the gift to your family. You are the gift to your friends. You are the gift to your work college. Come on, someone. You are the gift. You are the gift of spreading the good news of peace and salvation to others. You and I have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. And as followers of Christ, we have the power to tap in to the evangelistic grace to compel people and attract people to Christ. God anoints us to become fishers of men. He never leaves us powerless. And if you look at the life of Jesus on earth, the reason why He impacted the whole earth was He carried this evangelistic grace. He came, He was 100% God, but He came as 100% man. He lived this life as 100% man, but He carried this evangelistic grace. As a young man growing up, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and found favour with God and man. See, this divine drawing power was compelling and appealing. People would pretty much drop their nets and follow Him when He said to follow them. They were compelled by the grace upon His life. And you know, that same drawing power is in us. 
Come on, greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. If we believe it, let's say Amen. That same drawing power is in you and I. Because in Acts chapter 1, we read where Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come up and on you and you shall be witnesses. You shall be my messengers of me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, when you partner with the Holy Spirit, you are empowered on high to be have that same drawing power to the world that's set around you. In Mark chapter 1, verse 28, it says that Jesus' fame grew throughout the earth. Wow. I love the passage translation where it says, His fame spread like wildfire. And in church, we don't really like that word famous, but it's actually okay to be famous if you understand what fame is for. Jesus was famous. And if Jesus was here today, He would have Kanye West and Kim Kardashians as one of His Instagram followers. He would be on the top of the Instagram accounts. Jesus shook the world upside down. And there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be the haters. There's always going to be the haters. There's always going to be the critics. And you know, the greatest hater would be the devil. He would be saying, Jesus, I hate you. I hope you die. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm going to, but it's going to work for my good. His fame was part of that evangelistic grace, getting my words mixed up here this morning, but you're getting it, right? See, this evangelistic grace in modern times for you and I is to use our God-given gifts to draw people unto Him. See, I'm not here to press some buttons here this morning, including my, uh, my own. The real star is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. And you have the ability to compel people to Christ. You have the ability, the power, the traits of Jesus to attract people to Christ. Because the greatest gift you can give to God is to love yourself, to accept your identity and to use the gifts, the purpose that God has given you for His glory. Because there is a dark world out there and He's telling us to arise and shine for the light has come. And just like Esther And Esther, by the way, means star. You and I have been born for such a time as this. We are destined for greatness. We are destined to be favoured by God. And we are destined to reach the world, reach those that are broken, hurting and lost. The truth is that we've been given unique things that God has given us to draw people unto Him. For Esther, it was her beauty. Hey, looks is a gift. You're all beautiful here, by the way. What about a sportsman? What about someone who has a clever brain? Oh, brilliant minds. Someone who has a beautiful voice, an entrepreneur, someone who makes money, someone who has good administrational skills. Thank you, Jesus. I need them alongside me. Someone who's creative, a great dancer, Laura Druskett. Someone who plays an instrument. Come on, we've got to get down on the carpet here. These are gifts that God has given us, used for His glory to become attractive and compelling towards other people. The person who has compassion has a ministry to care. You know, I admire those people who have that ministry to care for people who are sick and need and are bedridden. I just admire them so much. 
Someone who is a writer, who's a blogger, a photographer, a homemaker. Any homemakers here this morning? Good cooks. See, we should never worship people. But what if God ordained us to worship the God in people? See, we have this false sense of humility. We have this tall poppy syndrome in Australia. We like to cut people down to our size or where we think they should be at. See, we don't worship Mary, right? Although in my Catholic days, I was told to worship Mary. But we worship the God in Mary. God in us, revealed in us, Emmanuel. Paul said this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'm here today because of my friend Sue. She compelled me to Christ. She was attractive and I wanted what she had on the inside. See, greatness is God's attractive glory in a person, place or thing waiting to be revealed. Greatness is the God in a person. See, humanity sometimes doesn't know how to differentiate between the greatness of God in a person and the person themselves. That's why we have to act responsibly with that grace. It's His grace and His truth. So we know where to channel the glory to. Are you getting me this morning? That's what we're seeing with Kanye right now. This is evidence. This is what we're talking about this morning. Where Kanye would once receive the glory for himself and now he's saying this, I know now that the greatness in me is for His glory. I will accept the fame and the glory, but give it straight back to the One who gave it to me. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, as we finish off here. He says this, Paul says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptised into Christ, put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And you are Christ's. Then you are Abraham's seed and and according to the promise, he says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you famous. And we know that we are heirs to the seeds of Abraham's faith. God wants to bless you. You're not gonna like this, but He wants to make you famous too for His glory, as you use His gift that He's given you for His glory. See, when this grace, when this power falls on you, it's to compel people to Christ and it's to bless others. God is wanting to wake up this morning the sleeping giants in the churches of Australia. If you are the life of the party, do it. Be a cultural influencer in that party. Just don't drink too much and make a fool of yourself. Give glory to God, Amen. Amen. See, cultural influences are the new evangelists. Jesus said to His disciples, when people receive you, they receive me. That's why we shouldn't be negative when we see people who are unconverted, who are influencing, but in the wrong way, or even those that are perhaps persecuting you at this time for being a Christian. And when you go to that party and you don't do what they do or you don't entertain wrong chatting conversations or you're not 
you know, talking about that other woman or that other thing, you know, it's okay because that's what we're called to do. See, we would have hated Paul when he was Saul. Saul changed his name to Paul and I would have changed my name to Paul too because he persecuted the church. That's what he did. God says that we're to pray for our enemies because you and I don't know that he or she could one day be a Paul. What about Peter from denying Christ to standing up on the day of Pentecost, preaching the Gospel? You know what? The hardest nuts sometimes crack the cleanest. You may be in a position where a family member or a friend is a Saul right now, but that person could be a Paul one day. Let's not give up on anyone, hey? Just like Peter, Paul and Jesus, God has a set time for you. And you know what? Your time is now. He's empowered you to be that cultural influencer. You are His gift. You are His gift for your family, this season, this city. You are God's strategy to spread the good news of peace and salvation. You are the salt and light to this world. You are a beacon. So let's not hide our light. Let's not be secret agents. We are influencers, amen? Because influencers are the new evangelists. We are John the Baptist. We are pointing people to Jesus. And Mary discovered this, that she had nothing to do with God's promise. Not one promise from God is empty of power. If the Word of God has a promise for you, you hold fast to it. Don't stagger at that promise. Secondly, she found that great things are born in faith, in the least likely places, in the least likely circumstances. God's able to do it. He's able to bless you. And she knew too that Mary was used as God's strategy to bring Jesus into the world. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.